Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sanabria. Hello leaders, this is your host, Lily Sanabria. And today we have the honor of having Bola Disu with us. Bola is the founder of Learning Leaders International and serves as a catalyst in transforming educational communities through leadership and organizational development. For over 15 years, Bola has worked in the areas of teaching and leadership. Whether it was leading a classroom, team of colleagues, engaging families, or leading an entire school community, root cause problem solving techniques was used to achieve success. Building relationships by getting to the hearts and minds of people was key to understanding how to approach various situations. Sharing the school's vision and taking stakeholders through attainable and measurable processes created an atmosphere of trust towards a common goal. Now Bola uses her skills as a leadership trainer and coach to equip educators on ways to become transformational leaders within their school communities. Areas of support include leadership development, personal growth, communication, engagement, and team building. Bola currently attends Concordia University as a doctoral candidate, where she is specializing in teacher leadership. She is passionate about being a lead change agent and intends to promote transformational leadership in educational communities locally, nationally, and internationally. You can learn more about her at learningleadersinternational.com. So welcome, Bola. How are you? I am doing great, Lily. Thanks for inviting me. Listen, we are so happy to have you on our podcast. (laughs) And so, as you know, this podcast takes us on a journey to master leadership. Mm -hmm. And we want to do that today by asking you key questions. Okay. So are you ready to pour into our listeners? Oh, yes, I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. So my first question Mm -hmm. is what inspired you to choose educational leadership as a career path? You know, it's funny how life works. I mean, I was a classroom teacher for many years, and then I transitioned into um, a charter school. So from public school, I went into a charter school who hired me as their first reading intervention specialist, right? And so um, really had fun with it, teaching my students, you know, really engaging parents and my colleagues. And so my principal at the time, you know, after six years, he asked me to transition into leadership, actually. So I had no formal education in it, but he saw leadership qualities in me and he asked me to step up. He said, you know what? I see the way you are with your colleagues. You're always so helpful with them. You've got a lot of influence with the parents and the community. So I would really love you to step into leadership. So I was, I became an assistant principal. Um, when I got into the role, (laughs) I found out that I needed to equip myself as a leader because what I found was that, you know, being a leader of students, children, 
totally different from being a leader of adults, right? And so I went to school. Uh, you know, I went back, re-enrolled back in school um, to do a year or a year training. But then now I'm transitioned into getting my doctorate, actually, in educational leadership. But um, the whole process just led me to believe that, you know, as a leader, I, you know, I had the position, but I wanted to keep growing. I needed to be equipped. I needed to be strengthened. I needed to know what I was doing in order to be able to lead others. So that's what really intrigued me into going into educational leadership. Yeah. Wow, that's that's uh, quite a journey. Yeah. <laughs> I always start with that, you know, to let people know it, it wasn't my intention at first, but it just, you know, it happened so, yeah, naturally. It happened naturally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So how would others describe your your leadership style? My leadership style is that of a coach. Um, One of the things that I love to do, especially when I used to um, observe teachers, was that I love to coach them. So scheduled conversations with them would be around, you know, what, what do they see as both a strength of theirs or a challenge? so that I could um, know in which way I could help them and support them in growing themselves as a, as a teacher. So I'm more of a coach leader. A coach leader is someone who works alongside you. You know, they, they are one that you can kind of either bounce ideas off of or they ask you the critical questions that bring out all of your thoughts to surface. So sort of like bringing your unconscious to the conscious, right? Because what I found was that we go through so many, you know, uh, daily situations and, and it really, you know, hinders sometimes our, our ability to reflect. But if we can sit with someone who we can trust that will help us in our growth, then we will be more more likely to share some of the things, either our strength or our challenges, in order to work out a process. So it was very important for me to be that coach leader so that my staff can trust that I really, really was looking out for their best interests. I really wanted to see them grow. And so as a leader, I had to learn myself how to be a better coach. You know, instead of a, a you know manager, but really transition into a leader. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, which quotes or quotes about leadership speak to you, and why? Actually, I mean, I have many quotes, but this one really came to me a couple of weeks ago, and I thought, wow, this is so profound. It, it said, "Leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence." And making sure that impact lasts in your absence. Mm, That's deep. That is very deep. Very deep. And I thought, wow, that to me was something that stood out. Because even as a leader, I felt that I wanted to make the lives of my people better. And, And also... Even when I'm not there, you are still doing your very best. You are you are capable of doing your very best. And so as a leader, that's that's you. You're supposed to inspire excellence or, or, or a feeling of I can do this, you know, with with your staff or anyone that you are called to lead. So that quote just really resonated with me. And it's by Sheryl um, Sandberg, and she's an activist, author, and I also read about her and saw that she was a CEO, actually, of Facebook. So I thought, wow, that's really great. Um, and she's certainly left a legacy. She, she really did. That's a yeah. great quote. I like that. Mm-hmm. Send that to me, will you? I sure will. I sh- <laughs> okay. um, now, what type of leader are you inspired by and why? I am inspired by servant leaders. 
leaders that are called to serve, you know, leaders who exemplify just wanting to pour into people. And the leader that comes to mind is actually my uh, mentor, um, John C. Maxwell, and the president of the John Maxwell team, which is Paul Martinelli. Those two really have impacted my my life for the last couple of years uh, because they are visionary leaders. Not only are they servant leaders, they're visionary leaders. What what I love about Paul Martinelli is his way of walking us through a process, you know, of change. So not only is he a visionary, he's also a missionary. So I have the vision of where I'm taking you guys, but I am going to walk you through those steps so that you can accomplish whatever goal it is that is being set before us. That's yes. extremely useful because yeah, I've come across a lot of visionary leaders or they call themselves visionary leaders, right? Mm-hmm. They have a vision for the future, yes. but don't walk you through how to get there. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's very, that's pretty um, neat. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, what does it mean to you, Bola, mm-hmm. to have a good team mm-hmm. and how do you build one? A good team is like a real good cup of coffee for, to mm-hmm. me. <laughs> it just, it's just so easy to go down and it's just refreshing, right? So, the, so that speaks to me but, because I like a good cup of coffee. Yes. Right, right, right. So I think that when in building a team, you have to be clear on what it is that you want to see. So in other words, have that vision. You have a purpose, but also spot the people who are of like minds. We share share the same values and we want the similar things, but we all have different ways of getting there in which we can share with the group to help strengthen the group. Okay. So, um, you know, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking about situations and this happens quite often, especially Mm -hmm. in education where you, you, you can't necessarily pick your team. Right. So in that situation, you know, I'm, I'm the educational leader. I come in, um, I've recently been hired. And Mm -hmm. so I have the team, right. A team of people that I'm, you know, that I'm supposed to lead. So how do, how do I do that? How do I go about building that with, you know, these leaders or, or these people who are already there and I and right. I can't really pick and choose. This is it. Right. So you have to establish a set of values, mm-hmm. but you also have to demonstrate what those values are, because it, what I find, too, um, and I don't and I'm sure Lily, you, you probably feel the same is that sometimes people go into, you know, you, you go into a um an establishment organization. And it's more, you look at the leader and it's more like, you know, do as I say and not as I do. And that's what's projected, you know, within the organization. But you know, that doesn't work because as a leader, when you're standing up there in front of everyone, instead of front of your staff, they actually watching to see what you're doing. So when you establish those set of values, people will be attracted to that. And say, wow, if this is the way the leader is living, then yes, I need to conform to this. Or And they have a choice. It's either, wow, I either believe in this or I don't. If I don't believe in this, then this may not be the team for me. But if I do believe in this and I see that the leader demonstrates these values, then yes, I want to be part of this team. I want to help this team with this mission. You know, so it's very important for the leader to just establish a set of values that's really going to strengthen them and the rest of the school community. Yeah. Um, yeah. And be consistent with that. Be very consistent. That's important. You have to yeah. you have to be who mm-hmm. you expect to, others to be like. That's yeah, right. That's, that's, that's right. Good. 
That's good. Mm -hmm. So tell us about a challenge that you've experienced and how it has shaped your life. The challenge I, I would uh, the challenge I could think of was actually my first year in, in leadership, and um, the challenge was basically um, transitioning from being a manager to a leader. Again, I didn't have any formal education in becoming this leader that I was, but I but I was committed to the cause, right? Because that was my school for six years. Transitioning for from from manager to leader meant that you know a lot of the, my colleagues who I I was working with them, right? I was working alongside them. I now became their boss, right? So I was just knee deep in all of this balancing policies and procedures and processes to the point where I didn't really actually know how to really develop people, right? I mean, I knew how to young people, but not adults, and that it's two different two different things. So um, this actually was one of the things that inspired me to go back to school because I had been done with school in 2003. <laughs> right. And then I, you know, and then, so I re-enrolled back in, in, in um, Concordia university online and really started growing myself. I, I really started seeing myself morph into this leader that I knew that I could be and that everybody expected me to be. And so the challenge was, you know, tr trying to figure out, okay, how do I move from manager to leader? But once I decided to go and re-enroll in school and really, you know, equip myself in leadership principles and practices, I got better. People around me really thanked me for that. <laughs> because, yes, <laughs> you're good as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, let, let's, let's get this, you know. So it was really good. And I, and, I, and I think I enjoyed it more when I morphed into it. I enjoyed it. I'm well. sure everybody else did too, right? Yes, okay. yes they did. Yes, they did. Yes, so, they did. So, let's speak. let's speak to this a little bit. Um, yeah. Because some people believe that managing is leading. Okay. So yeah. speak to, to the difference between managing and leading. And, you know, I mean, I believe people can do both. Right. And you and, so and tell me the, the distinction between. Right. That. And so there's there's a place for all of that. Right. And so when I talk about managing, I was good with procedures and policies. So it was so I knew how to schedule my observations, my teacher observations. Right. I knew how to go and do my walkthroughs. I knew how to, you know, schedule parent meetings. But when it came to actually leading people through a process of change, Remember, as a leader, you're there developing people, right? So, you, so, so that I had to learn how to now schedule when I'm going to coach my teachers or how do I now take into consideration what I'm observing and say, okay, what are the common trends of challenges that my teachers are facing and now develop a system? And now how do I now not just monitor it, but really be a part of the change, you know, really go in and develop them and, 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 and equip them and all of that. So, again, to, to me, I didn't know at first that there was a distinct difference until I went back to school and I really started learning what it meant to be a leader. So yeah. now tell us about one of your greatest successes and how it has shaped you and the lives of those around you. One of my greatest successes, it was, you know, actually after my first year, the feedback that I got, you know, from the people that I led, that I led at the time, it really promoted my growth, right? Because sometimes when you're in it, you can't really assess yourself as much. But when you have other people on the outside looking in and saying, you know what, I think that you're doing 
great in this area or you've really helped me, you know, I, I'm so glad that you're my leader because, and they could list specifics to say, you've really helped me grow as a first year teacher or you've really helped me grow as a teacher um, or as a leader within the school. I mean, it, it, that to me was success. The feedback that I got about my leadership style and who I was as a leader really helped me, helped me grow. I, I would say that that was my biggest success. It was also successful because other people who ordinarily wouldn't have wanted to take on a leadership role because they look at me and think, oh my gosh, what did she get herself into? I don't want that. Look I'm at so that glad crazy lady. That. They actually stepped up oh. and said, you know what? I think I'm ready now. Anything that you want, Bola, any area that you think that I can help you with, I, I, I'm ready now. You've really equipped me and I'm ready now. So that too let me know that I had allies too in all of this, right? And it was within my organization. Wasn't that I had to hire out? You know, it was the people in within my organization, within my school that wanted to step up into leadership. So I think that that to me is success. When you see other people thriving as well as you are thriving, that's success to me. That's well, it speaks a lot about um, who you are, because you inspired them. Mm -hmm. In other words, they looked, at, they looked to you right. to say, look, she's surviving. Look, right. she's growing. Look, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's not as crazy as I thought she would be. Right. Right. Um, right. And then they stepped up and say, hey, I can do this. So you opened up that possibility for them, which is really um, wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going off the grid here a little bit, okay. but yeah. um, it, it's important because it seems like you've been mentored and coached through this leadership process. How yeah. important will have you and how important is that? Okay, so I will say that um, when I first got into leadership, my boss at the time, I mean, he was very transparent. And he said, you know what, Bola, I, I can't mentor you. I don't know how, right? And he was very transparent with me. Um, so I didn't really know what that meant. And I really didn't know how much I would have needed that. And I would tell anyone, when you go into leadership, be sure that you get a mentor early. Someone who emulates the values you have concerning leadership are, are the people or is the person that you need to look to. And I would also suggest coaching. Coaching is very important because you need someone that you can bounce ideas off of and, 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 and give them, you know, someone that you could also, even if you want to vent to, right? Because I think as leaders, we think that, you know, we hold a lot of things in, but there were times when I would vent my frustrations out and the person allowed me to do that and said, okay, Bola, you do that. And then you go back out there, but you never wear that on your face because you have to be the inspiration and hope for your people. But you can always have the safe, safe space here with me to be able to talk things through. And yeah. so that, you know, that my next question is, um, mm -hmm. what would you tell a new leader who's discouraged about their working climate right. or culture? And that happens often. I would say that think of yourself as the thermostat of your school. You are the one that sets the tone. You are the one that inspires. You radiate hope. You're supposed to radiate hope and inspiration. So I would say keep a positive attitude. Maintain your passion. It's very, very important because I think that in all of that, even in the challenges that I had, I maintained my passion. I maintained 
positivity because despite the challenges, I knew what my purpose was. And the purpose was that I wanted to make a difference in the lives of children with other people who wanted to make a difference in the lives of children, but I knew I couldn't do it alone. And as a leader, my job was to inspire those adults who are in the lives of these children who are doing a similar work as I am. So as a leader, you are that thermostat. You come in every day and you have to create that, 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 that environment that stimulates growth within your people, right? Make them feel valued. Like, you know, we're doing worthy work here, right? And make them a part of the decision making so that it doesn't make you feel like you have to have all the answers because we don't. And sometimes that's what really frustrates us, that we feel like we have to have all the answers, but we don't. Collectively, we're, we're better together. So I would just suggest that with any leader, just keep maintain your passion. Right. Keep positive. Yeah. And, you know, from my observation and my experiences, um, it's difficult to do right. if, if you don't have someone who coaches or mentors you, yes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Because, you, and we see this time and time again, right? People right. who go in with great ideas and right. a passion and they're excited about leadership right. and then all of a sudden they take on the same culture. And so it happens time and time again, which speaks to, you know, why we need coaches. I know oh, that, that yes. for me to maintain, same thing you said, for me to maintain that passion, I had to have someone on the outside who knew me, who right. knew my blind spot and right. was able to mentor and coach me along the way. So that's extremely important. You're absolutely right. So many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners but what does that mean to you and what are you learning now to me it just means to keep being curious and passionate about learning because there's always something new to learn about yourself and those you lead right mm-hmm. and um situations ideas and 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 and, and techniques and strategies they're always evolving it's always important to remain current right? Within your practice. Um, It also helps to energize you. What I'm doing now is, like I said, is that I'm doing my um, dissertation. And it's basically, it's it's actually, I'm conducting research in reflective practices that promote um, teacher learning, you know, helps them to transform their instruction. So that's basically what I'm, what I'm doing now. So then in a few weeks, I'm going to be reaching out to schools and asking for teacher volunteers that want to share their best practices. Like, how do you reflect on your teaching, you know, either before, during, or after, right? And, and how does that help to transform your instruction? So that's basically what I'm doing now. Oh, great. <laughs> yes, that's very great. Curious. Yeah. You're, you are very curious. Yes. <laughs> that's wonderful. I love that word. I love that word. Um, so tell us what you've read right. and what they should read. My principal actually gave me this book, which is really funny when I got it in my own... Um, <laughs> When I got it in my my mailbox, Um, it's called, if you don't feed the teachers, they eat the students. And it's a guide (laughs) to success for administrators and teachers. And it's really, really teaching you that as an administrator, you're like, you're like the chef that sets the table. Mm -hmm. So you create the climate in the class, I mean, in the school, and it gives you some strategies and techniques. And I used it. And it was, I mean, it's a laughable book. Yes, it's it's fun. It's it's lighthearted. However, it does give you a lot of strategies and techniques that will help you improve your practice as a leader. 
So I would really recommend this book. Currently, I'm actually part of a, um, a study group with the John Maxwell team, and I'm reading one of John's books, one of John Maxwell's books, and it's called Developing the Leaders Around You. And it's a really good book. It's, set, um, it's how to help others reach their, their full potential. And I think that um, all leaders should read this book because it really helps you to um, equip yourself as a leader, but also to spot and strengthen the leaders in, within your building. So teacher leaders, um, uh, even student leaders. We're going to have show notes. So I'm going oh, to put great. those books okay. there. Okay, okay. so um, Bola, what do you do on a daily basis to set your mind for the responsibilities that you have? First, I pray. Okay. <laughs> First, pray, I exercise. But um, actually, my, my plan really starts the night before where I write my to-do list and also my to-don't list. Because... You have <laughs> a to-don't list? Yes, I do have a to-don't list. Tell us yes, about it. Okay. Right. So the to-don't list are all the things that could distract me. So, for example, picking up my phone before a certain time. You know, and things that distract you. So I have to write that down as a reminder to myself. Uh, and then my, of course my to-do list with the times. I give myself time. You know, sometimes it's best to take a step back and then come back to whatever it is that you're working on with fresh eyes and renewed energy. So you take frequent breaks in between. Frequent breaks in between, yes. But I even schedule those breaks, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are a planner. Yes, yes. Okay, so that speaks to, um, um, you know, the fact that a lot of educational leaders put in long hours. And, and I know, I mean, you know, you start it before the kids get in and after the last kid is out, you're there. So what advice would you give about maintaining balance in one's life? Give yourself some me time. Give yourself some breaks. Sometimes travel breaks. Okay. Sometimes just being with family, exercising, things like that. And then coming back to it with renewed energy. I used to be in the school from like 645 because I tried to be there before my teachers. Um, and then, you know, to greet them in the morning. Sometimes wouldn't leave until maybe seven o'clock. But what was good was that I had a gym right across the street. So I would even schedule gym time, schedule some me time, you time, because in that time, you're actually allowing yourself to reflect on the day on what you did well and give yourself a pat on the back because you do do good work. We do good work. Right. 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 That's important. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Very important. Now, do you use any particular technology or app that has been helpful in managing those schedules or projects oh, or breaks? Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You have to have some sort of a, a Google calendar to prioritize, actually, too. Um, I did that so that I could remember the appointments, mm -hmm. but also to prioritize so that I don't book so many people all at the, you know on the same day. So that was like my best friend still is. Great, thank you. Now it brings us to our last question. I can't believe it. So Bola, if you were to go back in time, mm -hmm. what advice would you give the younger you about leadership? The advice I would give is to, again, like I said before, get a mentor or coach early. Don't take yourself too seriously, <laughs> you know, find times to laugh, you know, um, schedule time for reflection. And um, one of the things that, that, that John Maxwell always says is everything rises and falls on leadership. So know your responsibility and take ownership of that. I, I would actually tell my younger self that 
it's a it's a lot of responsibility, but it's so rewarding in the end, mm-hmm. and not to shy away from it. Mm-hmm. Because I think for a long time I did, and so I'm glad that I had the opportunity to. Well, great. Bola, thank you so much for sharing this journey. Um, Thank you for adding value, not just to me, but to our listeners. Yes. Thank you for having me. And thank you, listeners, for listening. Uh, Fantastic. Okay, I will see you soon. Yes. Okay. Hello, leaders. Don't forget to go to our website at masterleadership.org to get show notes for this episode and to find out how to get a free coaching session from one of our exceptional educational leadership coaches that are featured on this podcast. Until next time. Bye.